Coach Me expert members, and welcome to this month's interview. I'm Dori Suka, founder of Inspiration Management, and I am super, super excited about this interview because you are going to get to know Denise Dubois. She is the founder and CEO of Complexion Spa in New York, and she's here today to discuss how you can build a sustainable business. So I would like to introduce her first, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Denise has two spa locations, one in Albany, New York, and one in Saratoga. She also has over 100 employees. She started her career as an esthetician and then worked her way into actually owning the business. She graduated from aesthetic school back in 1987 from the Catherine E. Hines School of Aesthetic. It was the first accredited aesthetic school in the country. Denise loves, loves education. As a matter of fact, she has many advanced training certificates, including dermatologic skin care, laser technician certification, medical aesthetic, and lymphatic drainage. But what I really love about Denise, what she does best, is run her business. So I met Denise a few years ago at a trade show. We started talking and got to know each other. So she then decided to come to the Leap Ahead seminar. Then she decided to join the Coach Me Gold. Then she became a Coach Me Platinum. And as a matter of fact, we were just talking, she's going to be coming down to Orlando for Write Your Book seminar actually on Sunday. So I'm going to get to see her real soon. (laughs) So I'm very excited about that. So obviously, Denise was already doing many things right in her business, you guys. You don't have two locations and not do many things right. But the one thing that I really love about her is that she never stops learning. She always is striving to learn new things and keep growing her business more and more each year. And that's really what I really like about her. She's innovative. She's smart, she's driven, creative, and here's the best part. She's also beautiful. I don't know if you guys saw her picture, but she looks amazing. (laughs) So she is like that whole, I know you're probably blushing, I'm making you feel all like, but you are. You're like the entire package, Denise. I am so proud of what you've been able to accomplish, and I'm so excited that you're here today to share your knowledge and your wisdom. So welcome. Thank you so much, Dory. It's my honor to be here to, with to spend a little time with you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure everybody's very excited to hear from you. So here's uh, an email, you guys. If you want to send in some questions for Denise, feel free to write me to Dory D O R I at InspirationManagement.com. So I'm gonna go ahead and give them an idea of what we're gonna talk about today, and then we'll start, Denise. So the first thing we're going to talk about is how to really grow a business. We're going to overcome some growth challenges that people might be experiencing. We're going to discuss the importance of having structure within your business, how to keep the team motivated, what are some of the most important training essentials that you really need to be sharing with your team and teaching them how to do, and then maybe some expansion strategies. And then hopefully we'll leave some time for some questions at the end. So, again, if you want to send in a question, it's dory at inspirationmanagement.com. So, Denise, I know I did a little introduction here, but why don't you tell people really with your voice how you actually got started? That's a good question. Back in uh, 1984 is when I first went to aesthetic school, and there really was no... um, Day spas were not really in existence or very few in existence at that time. And New York State didn't even have a licensing yet for aesthetics. So I, having a love of skincare, which sprouted from my love of makeup application, I actually started by going to makeup school and then discovered that the skin really has to be healthy in order for you to do a beautiful makeup application, which prompted me to go to aesthetic school. And so I sought out a licensing, which was in the state of Massachusetts, and was how I ended up at the Katherine Hines Institute of Aesthetics. So after completing that 
training, I came back to New York, and there were hair salons that had a treatment room in the back that was where people did facials. Mm -hmm. In fact, massage was very rarely done uh, in hair salons at that time. So I worked there for a few years um, and decided to open up Complexions Professional Skincare. So I started out as a small little 1,200-square-foot facility with one other person who answered the phones. Mm-hmm. For me, why I worked out of two facial rooms, and that was how I got my start. Yeah, that's amazing. And tell them what you have now. Well, today we have a Complexions Spa for Beauty and Wellness in Albany on Wolf Road, and that spa has grown to be 10,500 square feet. And we opened that location in 1987. We opened up our original location, Complexions Professional Skin Care. And then in 2008, we opened up our present location, which became the first Gold Lead Certified Spa in the country at 10,500 square feet. And in September of 2014, we opened up Complexions Saratoga, and that spa is 6,500 square feet. So we have quite a bit of space to pamper and indulge our guests. (laughs) For sure. Can you give them an idea of your menu and things that you offer before we get into how you make it all happen? Yes, absolutely. Well, we evolved from the skincare sec list of services. Then we expanded to include nail services, massage, hydrotherapy. Then we added, of course, makeup artistry was a part of that. Then we grew into more of the full spa facility and added hydrotherapy tubs. We have a wet room, Vichy shower. We have steam room, sauna, all the um, amenities that enhance the guest experience. Mm -hmm. And then we also, when we opened up our location in 2008, we also added a men's barber spa. So we have a master barber working with us as well. Yes, and so I had the pleasure, by the way, to come and visit both of her locations. I went up, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. We did the fresh start for Denise, and she has beautiful, beautiful facilities. And one thing that she focuses on is the guest experience and the whole process in which the guest goes through from the way they check in to the where they go to change to where they sit to wait in the relaxation lounge is actually beautifully done to the entire checkout process. So it's very, very nice. Let's talk to them a little bit about how, because a lot of questions actually that came in before even the call was, like, how do you manage 100 employees? That's like (laughs) most people can't even manage 10. (laughs) So how how do you go from... Because you started out small, like you said. So how do you go from learning or knowing how to manage one or two people to actually going through the entire growth process to now having to handle over 100? Well, that is a very good question. And certainly the way that you function when it's just you and another person, when I was just one other employee, (laughs) is a far different business model than what we have today. And the critical thing is having clarity, which actually you talk about in your Leap Ahead program, but I learned early on that when two people look at something, they may see them in different views, Mm -hmm. and their opinions might be, you may have one opinion and she, uh, she may have another opinion, but what is the common opinion? And you really have to have clarity as to what that expectation is. So that prompted us to write all of our business manuals. We we ex- made it very clear how we wanted the guests to be greeted, how we wanted the check-in procedure to be, wh- how we wanted even our spa attendants to greet the guests and escort them back to the relaxation lounge. So we really developed our manuals, our procedure manuals, 
so that everyone had clarity as to what was expected and how it was to be performed, how the different responsibilities were to be performed. So that was critical with having that that uh, crystal clear clarity. And then as we continued to grow, I really needed to appoint people to be leads in different departments. And today, um, over the course of our 29 years, I have a team of uh, 15 leads managers uh, for both locations. And at one point, I was the one doing the one-on-ones every single month with all the employees. And it just, as you can imagine, became incredibly overwhelming. So now I have leads who meet with my teams, and then they report to me. So you really helped us also create our organizational flowchart, which today we're constantly um, reevaluating that and making sure that we always have that clarity. Mm-hmm. So I think that well, would be a really important thing. And And that's what I love about you. I mean, obviously, like I said in my intro, that you were already doing so many things right, or else you wouldn't have been able to grow the business like you did. But really, the only thing I did was took what you already had in place, and we just fine-tuned it a little bit. And I think the one thing you were, as a matter of fact, talking to everybody in our Coach Me Platinum meeting last month, everybody was just so into how you did the whole structure and revamped everything and did the leads and did not just free you to go and be more innovative and do other things and then let your leads basically run the show now and so oh, it definitely gave me some freedom and I'm also even continue to fine tune that organizational flow chart and we're making things we're actually when I speak see you this weekend we can even talk further about it but I'm fine tuning it even further now so it's going to give me even a little bit more freedom. So having that organizational flow chart and then really, again, having that clarity of what's expected with the leads. And now I do my one-on-ones with my leads. Right. So I, you know, I, I'm, they send me emails every week. They give me an update on what their department is doing, where they are to their goals, what their weekly team meeting was. And so I'm still connected with everybody. But you also, once you put these systems in place, if people aren't doing them, you have to continue to stay on top of it because that's where things can fall by the wayside. You know, you can set a system in place, but then you have to monitor the system. (laughs) If you're not doing that, then things don't happen, and then the systems don't work. Exactly. So to go back to the question is how do you manage that many people? And what Denise is telling everyone here, and I hope you guys are taking some notes here, is that once you come up with a good structure, the organizational structure, where you have the department leads, now of course it depends on the size of your spot. Not everybody may you know, have this many employees, but it doesn't matter. Even if it's a smaller spot, maybe you have only 15 or 20 employees. If you have the structure in place and you have somebody that's going to help you manage that team, then managing becomes much easier for you as a leader. The other important point here is the systems that she's speaking about. Once you implement some systems and you know that these are proven effective systems, then things just, you and you teach them those systems, then things are going to be really on autopilot. But what helps you implement those systems is the manuals that Denise is talking about. You've got to have your business model in writing. This way, when you go to the team to train them, you have all your manuals and you have that clarity that she's talking about. So those are three very important factors in having a very well-run oiled machine, organizational Mm -hmm. structures, systems, and manuals. And that's that's amazing. And what I love about you, Denise, is that you, you're implementing and then you're watching and you're monitoring. And like you said, you're continually tweaking, and that's really what it takes. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely you cannot be an absent owner. I'm here every day. So mm-hmm. you, ha- you have to be present and uh, stay pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, let's talk a little bit about... Uh, what are some key factors you think that helped you grow? If you're looking back from 29 years ago to now, what do you think kept you growing? 
Well, as I just mentioned, I definitely am not I'm not an absent owner. I'm I'm here every day. I I walk through the spa every day and you're paying attention to all the details and having a lead team has significantly helped me. For example, in my Albany location, I have 16 massage therapists. For me to try to get around to every, all 16 of the massage therapists every single day on top of all the other employees, is impossible. So I can now go to my lead team and say what needs to get done, and then she goes and gets it done with with that team. So having the leads was definitely uh, a a big new thing for us. I think whenever there is any um, complaints or problems, we work very hard at maintaining your reputation so managing that and making sure that you're turning anything that's negative into a positive. I think that's helped us grow, and we have a a reputation for the quality of service. Every time we have a new guest, we send out surveys to get their feedback about their experience, and we know that word of mouth is the number one source of getting new business. So to make sure that we're maintaining that uh, quality of care uh, is critical. We do a lot of follow-up emails to our clients. We have a newsletter that we send out one a week, and we try to uh, capture new guests by getting them to sign up for our emails. That way we can stay in contact with them regularly. And if they haven't been in in a while, we can do the miss you emails. So we really try to stay in touch with our guests so we maintain that repeat and increase the frequency of visit as as much as possible. We do a lot of enhanced added value. We don't do discounting, um, but we do a lot of added value to keep the customers coming back as well. And we pay attention to pre-books. There's a lot of the indicators, your pre-booking percentages, your new customer retention rates, frequency of visit. If, If you plan your promotions around your indicators, then you can really drive the direction of your business because numbers tell a very important story. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yes. You know what's sad is a lot of people don't pay attention to the numbers. And, again, that's one thing that helped you grow is being able to pay attention to the numbers. And mm-hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about your structure with the call center. Now, I know some, some people on the phone with us today also have a call center. And mm-hmm. I know that you run a very effective one, and I really like your team, especially like with some of the training that we've done with them and mm-hmm. uh, really the continuous training, me being there and training them, and then we did like teleseminars like this to help them. And what I love about them is they're so open to learning and getting that verbiage down and everything. But mm-hmm. how did you transition from having your receptionist make appointments and check people in, check people out? What was, I guess, that deciding factor that made you decide, okay, I need a call center now? It was the interruption at the front desk. Um, You definitely, your people who are checking guests in and checking guests out need to be 100% focused on the guests in front of them and not the phone that's ringing. It would disrupt the transaction and the experience for the guest when you have to put someone in front of you on hold to take a call. So it, the volume of business really dictated that we needed to do that. And what's funny is that I didn't really have a room when I first added a call center. <laughs> I had to share my office and my desk <laughs> with a girl. Um, so, you know, it's funny how over the years you evolve but right. we did that um, out of desperation, and when we built our new facility in 2008, we had a room that was planned, and uh, mm-hmm. today we have four people working out of our call center in Albany, and we have a call center in Saratoga, um, which we're in the process of, we're going to be combining them into one location just because of the volume of calls. It made more makes more sense to be in one location mm-hmm. So the call having the call center allowed the people who were answering the phones to be able to spend more time and turn one service into two services. Mm-hmm. Or now today they can look up the customer's history while they're on the phone with them and they can determine, oh, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, I see you've never been to our hair salon. After your facial today, would you like to 
receive X, Y, and Z. So they have the time and the attention to be able to ter- to make those uh, bookings more than just the one service or even to we give them targets like we have a featured service every month and their goal is to how many of the featured services can they book and and then the add-ons turning them into two services mm-hmm. so if they had to be cashing people out in between taking those calls it would just be disastrous and you certainly wouldn't be able to pay that attention to detail so right. it's been very effective mm-hmm. with helping well, to grow the you. business Definitely, it helps you increase your revenue because now you have a sales department. Really, that's what the call center is. So it yes. allows people to do incoming calls, outgoing calls, uh, offer memberships, and sign people up for loyalty programs and reactivating uh, lost clients. I mean, that's that's one thing, Denise, that I find missing, and you hear me talk about it all the time, is most people are missing that sales component, and your call center is really your sales department. And you know but what people don't think about? You think about a call center, all they're doing is taking calls, but that's mm-hmm. not the case. Every week my call center is doing a no-show report, and then they're following up with those people. They're doing an unbooked report, which are customers who unbooked but didn't reschedule, and they're getting right. back in contact with them. So they're working constantly at getting more appointments back on the books. They're not just waiting for the phone to ring. Right. They're doing a lot of follow-up as well, which if you think about the money that's lost in just no-shows alone, mm-hmm. it could be $1,000 a week. So if yep. they can get those customers back on the book, mm-hmm. then they're they're worth their weight in gold. <laughs> Absolutely. And the reason they're motivated to do that is because of the compensation model that we implemented and mm-hmm. it helps motivate them because they need to reach certain revenue targets for them to make more money. And the more uh, reservations they make, the more money they're going to be able to make. So everything that, you know, she has implemented is it, all like pieces of the puzzle. And you're seeing one big puzzle of this beautiful, successful spa. And each one of these departments is one piece of that puzzle. And the call center or your reception department or whatever situation you have in place right now needs to be that clear on what their position is all about because it is really your sales department. That's why she's so successful is because that's how they spend their time. Because there are other people that have call centers, frankly, uh, Denise, and they don't do any of the stuff that you do. And no matter... You know, I try sometimes to get people to wake up and realize that you're missing the boat, but unless they're ready to listen and learn, they just they don't get it. And it's so nice to really be working with someone like you that is mm-hmm. open-minded, like, you know what, I want to try maybe something different or something new and make sure that mm-hmm. your business continues to grow. Do you agree? Well, you, you, absolutely. And what works when you're at a certain point doesn't work when you are at a diff- at, at at a different level. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a certain volume coming in, uh, you, ha- you definitely have to be open to change and um, trying new things and um, e- even pay structure. You, you hear about the different ways that people pay their employees, but now tying it into um, numbers and goal setting, it, do, it doesn't become an emotional conversation with employees. It has mm-hmm. um, a lot of weight behind it. it right. Yeah, so I don't have to get nervous about having these conversations with people because now they are, it's all written black and white on paper. If you do this, you'll get that. And right. you helped us with that with the VPGs. So now, you know, if people want to earn more commission, Absolutely, they have total control over it. And it was a new way of thinking about how to pay people, but being open to it, it excited the staff, and now we have a really nice growth opportunity for the employees. And if they work hard and do well, they get compensated. If they fall back and they don't, they don't get the bonuses. So it's also a safety net for the business. Mm -hmm. So if we weren't open to trying something new, we would never have discovered this. So it was... Have to yeah. be open. Well, but you have to be open to it. Like, again, you've been in business for many years, and you've been doing things a certain way. So when we mm-hmm. met and, you know, you came to the Leap Ahead seminar and you learned these new things, and then you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well, maybe I should try. What What happened 
that made you want to try something different? Because I think that's the biggest challenge people have is they get stuck and they don't know how to, is it unstuck? (laughs) And they don't know how to get unstuck. They just, they're like in this place and they can't move. How did you do it? I think opening the second location, I knew I needed to be open to how to communicate and ensure that I was going to be able to offer the same consistency and quality in Albany location, in Saratoga location, and I needed to look to someone who had more experience than me and, you know, help me to figure out how to take those next steps. That is what prompted us to set up our organizational flowchart with the leads. And then what we did was we had to teach our leads how to be leads. Mm -hmm. So we started a 12-month program, and we did your management essentials. And every month, we um, all the leads were learning together at the same time. And every month we listened to our module. We had a meeting about the module, and we tried to implement the module rules and with the team. So we went through that whole thing for a year, and it was very helpful with getting the organization. Mm-hmm. And then we went on to the second series, and which teaches them how to now go back and teach their teams. Mm-hmm. So that's been inst- instrumental. But that's what... What prompted me to do all this was having the location, second location and knowing that there was a need to do something <laughs> that was going to ensure that we had that consistency and communication and equality between the two facilities because some of our guests were going to be going to both locations. And being opened for 27 years in Albany, we had built a reputation that people were already expecting a certain standard. So how was I going to duplicate that in location two? So I think that's what was the main push that I needed was that I recognized that I needed to do things better. And you know what's funny, Denise, if you remember also our last Platinum meeting, because Mm -hmm. some of these Platinum members have been with me for a while. And, you know, Mm -hmm. some people implement and some people don't, and some people are faster than others and things like that. And when when you were sitting there telling everybody what you've done and (laughs) what you were able to accomplish, they were like, you implemented all of that? (laughs) They, They were all like floored that you actually did all that and really in a short period of time what over a two-year period you did all this Mm -hmm. you i mean you you've been implementing like crazy and that's really the key the key to success i think well i think we have to set our own goals about why are we in business Mm -hmm. and you know if you're not serious about running your business then you know if you don't plan to succeed then you know, what's the saying? <laughs> you know, plan to People fail. People don't I mean, plan you, to fail, yeah. 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 They fail to so, plan. Mm-hmm. You, you have to plan. And, uh, I mean, I am sometimes my employees might tell me I'm slow to make some decisions, which mm-hmm. some, and I would agree sometimes I am, but uh, I also try to be mindful of the decisions so, and, and really weigh things out. And sometimes I'll shoot you an email and say, what do you think of this? And <laughs> Um, having that and person I say to no. <laughs> right, <laughs> or of course, yeah. So um, I think you really do have to prioritize and put a plan in motion. When I come back from a seminar, we're all you know motivated and excited, and you have to then get out your to do list mm-hmm. and start chipping away at it, and uh, surround yourself with people who can help you to accomplish those things. Delegating was another big one. It was hard to let go. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was still processing payroll up to a few years ago. <laughs> and yeah. um, I finally have a bookkeeper in-house, and she does my payroll. And I, I do take the last glance at it before it goes in. But, you know, letting go right. and letting people take over. I think my leads really like um, knowing that they can make some decisions. If they have clarity of what your expectation is, then they know what their boundaries are. But it's also in the manuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I tell That's my so- team all the time, don't make it difficult to do business 
with complexions. Exactly. But then I also tell my leads, don't make it difficult to work at complexions. Right. That's so, very good advice. Mm-hmm. Very good advice. Can you tell everybody, Denise, because a lot of people on the phone are probably thinking, oh, but I don't have the budget to have a lead and, you know, have mm-hmm. more payroll. Do you want to tell everybody how we did that? Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, spelling out their job responsibilities. Really, that lead person is the link between communicating with from you to the team. That's that's part of their job responsibility. And then they do the one-on-ones with the team. And they um, work with my guest services, my front desk person, on what the goals are. We have a scoreboard for the month, and every day they know what their department goal is. And we base our goals every single month, year-to-date, and month-to-month from the previous year. So I set my goal for the month. Let's just say the goal for December is or excuse me, for January is $10,000 in the massage department. And so I will look at what we did the previous month but also the previous uh year month to month and we set our goal and I aim for a 20% growth. And um then whatever the percentage of growth was over last month, say it I give my lead team a bonus based on just the amount of the growth. So they their incentive is to coach their team to hit the goal, and they're working with them every day. It's not a huge amount of effort. They're being compensated in the same exact way as everybody else on their team. They're just going to get a little piece of how what the profit is over the per, that percentage of growth. Department, right. So really, yes. Denise did not increase her payroll cost, you guys. I don't know if you're getting exactly what she's saying. So instead of increasing her payroll cost, the way she's compensating them is only if they make her more money. So when they make her more money, then they take a little piece of that additional revenue that they're generating. So it's a very smart way to have leads without having to pay them unless they perform, and that's what a performance-based compensation model is all about. And what's nice about this is it, they made it, she made them feel good because what we did actually is we told everybody to apply for this position as a department lead, see who stepped up, and then she took these people and made them feel so good that they were chosen, and now she's really building a higher-level team, so if she wants to open up another location, she has already management and training people ready to step into any other position without having to increase her payroll. And that Mm -hmm. was just such a big difference, I think, for you, Denise, don't you think? Oh, gosh, absolutely. And, you know, I want to point out something here, too. Um, We had filled out, in one of the modules in the uh, Management Essentials 1 program that you have, you asked all the leads to have their teams fill out, how does their team want to be recognized? And what was really fascinating to me was that not all of them even wanted money. That that form that they filled out asked them questions like, what is your favorite movie? What is your favorite drink? What is your favorite restaurant? And what's funny is that during our success meetings each month, when we recognize different employees for different things, sometimes we'll just give them a little bottle of wine because their favorite drink is wine or a movie ticket or a car wash ticket. We took out those sheets, and we really do use them. It, t- it takes a little bit of extra effort, and we and the team members asked us, "Can we do that again?" <laughs> so they appreciated those little tokens of knowing some of the details about the employees, and so they don't always want to be recognized financially. Sometimes they just want to be recognized in front of their peers, and it could be something as simple as a movie right. ticket. And mm-hmm. that's what was so good about your fresh start. So when we went in there and changed basically your entire compensation, and I remember, I mean, this is something that's nerve-wracking for most owners 
and founders and CEOs because here you are, you've been used to paying a certain way, and oh my gosh, Dory's telling me to do this instead. Oh my goodness, I'm going to lose everybody. But mm-hmm. uh, you want to tell everybody how that went and that transformation with payroll and how it all worked out with as many people as you have? Mm-hmm. Well, it was... Um it was really a nice retreat that we did, uh, and it was two days. We um, had got everybody together and basically educated them on average tickets, VPGs, and retail, service VPGs and retail VPGs. And we showed them how they had an opportunity to earn more income based on how they did their consultations and the art of recommendation. And it was wonderful. The team was very excited. Our average tickets went up almost immediately when we got back to work. It was very successful. And I think it was powerful having to bring in someone who was now part of our team, and they hear the same things that we tell our team all the time, but hearing it from somebody else, it's like, oh, she maybe Denise really does know what she's talking exactly. about. If exactly. this woman is coming all the way up from Florida <laughs> and she's telling them the same thing. <laughs> so I think it was really powerful, and it was an enjoyable, motivating weekend for everyone. Yeah. But can you describe though the fear like when you're trying to change a compensation because I think that's a big problem for a lot of people, like making mm-hmm. that change from what you used to pay to implementing something like the VPG plan or changing commission structure because people feel like, oh my gosh, I can't change, I'm going to lose everybody. Well, we had to, it was a little bit uh, scary, I think, for people because they thought they were going to be losing money. Um, I I need to clarify something. I used to have back bars, back bar fees. And at the time when Dory came in, we just, I got rid of back bars because I'm not sure about the other callers on the line, but they're a chronic headache. People are constantly challenging them. They don't understand numbers most of the time, employees. And when you would have an 8% back bar or a 10% back bar, they thought that they were losing 10%. And anyways, so when we told them that we were going to be doing away with back bar fees, but instead of getting 40%, you're going to get 36%. They all up in arms thought they were going to be losing money, but we really had to getting back to that word clarity, explain, sit down, show them on paper, you're not going to be losing any money, and here's the reality. You're going to have the opportunity to earn more money if you can increase your average ticket. So with that clarity and after making sure we had crystal clear understanding, everyone was very excited, and our average tickets grew uh, upwards of 20%. So it was huge. And when they, that first awards meeting where they all got these bonuses, it became very exciting. And every month they're they're always, you know, I'm so close to getting my high VPG goal. And it's, it creates a lot of excitement. And people now, it's their responsibility. If they want to earn more money, this is what they have to do. Because it can't always be coming out of our you know, the bottom line, it can't always be coming out of our money because it's not there, (laughs) the profit. Exactly. So, yeah, mm -hmm. and what's nice about it is it makes them aware of their numbers too because now they're not just showing up to work and saying, oh, how many appointments do I have today? Oh, I guess I'll go to Starbucks. I'll be back in an hour. So instead of having that mentality, now they're looking at their numbers and they're seeing what opportunities they can have for the day and what can they do more of or what do they need to Well, do an employee can't, can't argue if they have weak pre-books, low retail. I mean, they can't argue that. And, and that's what I meant when I said before, talking about pay doesn't have to be an emotional conversation mm-hmm. because the numbers lay out a very crystal clear number, you know, story. So if they are open to hearing the story, then they they know what they have to do to grow. Mm -hmm. 
And those meetings that you're having where you're doing, and I hope that everybody is doing this, but your monthly meeting where you're recognizing the team and then you're passing out the new goals for the new month coming. So mm-hmm. how how do you work that out with so many people? Do you do only one meeting or are you doing two meetings or how, how do you we work do that out? We do two meetings. We do one in each location and it's always the first Wednesday and the first Thursday of every month. And we, um, it's, a, it's called an awards meeting. But we make it into a celebration. We do a little bit of housekeeping, you know, anything that we need to uh, address for the month. We do review what our promotions for the month are going to be for the next month as, along with the goals. And then we recognize those people who hit their goals. And sometimes it's not just the VPGs. We might – this current month that we're in, we're also having a a contest who can sell the most series or programs. So we're keeping track of that as well this month. And we have a birthday cake. We recognize everybody who was born in, you know, that month. And we have an anniversaries. We announce how long people have been with us. And uh, so it's fun. People are clapping and cheering and we make it a good time. So we have cake and pizza, give out the awards talk about the goals and the promotions for the next month. And we have them like clockwork. You know, every first every, you ha- that goes right back to what I said earlier. If you're going to put these systems in place, mm-hmm. leadership starts from the top down. That's right. And if and if you don't stick to what you say, then you're not going to have any change. Mhm. Yes. And that's the thing is you can't start something and then not finish it just like what you were talking about with the training you know doing the spa management essential series you Mm -hmm. made that decision that okay every month we're going to go through a module it's going to take us a year to finish it but you know what we're going to do it and you Mm -hmm. didn't skip a month you you went through the modules you went through every single one had you started you were excited when i left on oh here's your series denise good luck you could have started and then one month didn't feel like doing it and it would have all just gone away, right? Yeah, and I am not going <laughs> to kid you. I mean, there were certainly, you know, times when I would be, oh, my gosh, I have that module tomorrow. I have to listen tonight <laughs> and prepare yeah. my meeting. I mean, I yeah. can't tell you I never had that happen. I mean, I certainly have. But I prepared my agenda for the year. I said these are the dates that we're going to be getting together for our lead meetings. I gave it to them in the beginning of the year. And we stick to those dates. That agenda has everything on it from our lead meetings to one-on-ones, you know, all, for the entire year. Mm-hmm. So they and know that, that exactly they know. Mm-hmm. when they we're going to get together. They can't tell you, oh, I didn't know, right? Exactly. I even included what module we're going to be reviewing. Mm-hmm. So if they're not prepared, then I actually I had to say that to one of my leads last week. How come you didn't listen to the module? You've had this calendar for you know, a year. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. but. Um. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, though, how many people attempt. They have good intentions. They start something, but then they don't finish it. And I think what makes the, the biggest difference and really guaranteed growth is starting something, sticking to it, implement it, test it, make sure you need to do some tweaking and this and that, then you do it, and then you keep moving forward. What you did, Denise, is you developed successful habits with your team. That's exactly what you did. And by furnishing them this calendar, you basically guarantee your success because now Mm -hmm. they know exactly what they need to do, what they need to show up with, uh, what they need to implement, don't you think, and again, I don't want this to be like, oh, my God, Dory is selling Spa Management Essential Series, but <laughs> don't you think like that was like the best thing for your team to actually have tools that are already done and all you have to do is listen to them and implement them? I think that they were very helpful. And I I will have you, I have, no, I have them all, the transcripts printed up in a manual and I refer back to, well, Chapter 3, Dory says, you know, so, so you're yeah. the blame of a lot of things. But. That's good. 
That's good. So, and, and you, you know, know I, what's funny, even during our conversations, like we'll be talking about something, and when we were talking about your memberships and loyalty and this and that, and I'll say, you know what, I did a module on that. You have it, Denise. So we look mm-hmm. it up and we find out which module, and then you go and you listen to it. So yes. they are. They're just so helpful. <laughs> no, they are very important tools to have. And what I also like to use them for is, if something comes up in business with an employee or a customer, you can reference back and reread something. And I do that with my leads. You know, I think it's time that we take a review and look at chapter or so-and-so. So it gets everybody back on the same page, and it's like having your manuals or your operational manuals because it's clear how you want things done. So those management essentials have helped us maintain what's expected from the leads right so when we taught them how to be leads and now the second series is how how do they teach their teams it just has every single person on the same page in both locations mm-hmm. and we have a lead meeting where i bring every month uh, where i bring all my leads together and that happens the first week also of every month and i and then i do one-on-ones with them so if they're struggling in a certain area, we reference that material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, again, they're your tools, just like a carpenter. Mm-hmm. You need a hammer, nails, measuring mm-hmm. tape, and that's really what those are. And mm-hmm. it does make a big difference, that's for sure. Talk a little bit about your maybe your menu, your guest experience. What are some of the things that really affect your retention and what makes Complexions a special place that keeps people coming back? I honestly think that having our uh, relaxation areas is uh, added value for the guest. We have the steam room, the sauna. We have outdoor gardens. Our relaxation lounge, both of them have fireplaces. And I think clients, our locker rooms have the rain showers and the nice lockers and I think having the space to enjoy before and after their services they don't have to rush out many years ago when I opened my first location people would change in the treatment rooms so after their facial they would jump up and get dressed and out they went whereas now we encourage our guests to come early have a cup of tea that will relax you Enjoy, have your service, go back out, relax, enjoy the steam, the sauna, boost your immunity, because it's all about that total experience. I didn't want my guests to just jump up off the table and rush out the door, mm-hmm. because I think we can also recall ourselves when we go somewhere and have a facial, how you look forward to getting there and, oh, I can't wait to go and relax for that hour. That's our time. So we wanted our clients to take away as much healing and relaxation that we possibly could create for them. So although you sometimes, and I had a builder tell me this, why do you want to invest all this into an area that's not going to generate you money, that's not how I looked at it. I looked at it as I'm not going to discount my services. I'm going to have added value. And um, I think that the spaces um, help enhance the experience. So I uh, feel that that's a very important component to it. And I walk through our spa every day. I did it this morning. And you check all the details and make sure the space looks clean and tidy and um, there's no clutter and dust bunnies and (laughs) all of that. I think that everything affects the guest experience. We even have comment boxes in our uh, relaxation lounge and in our employee lounge and um, I read them today, this morning actually. I'm working in our Saratoga location. Um, so, And then you do something about them. So I think I just can't stress enough the importance of the surroundings outside of the treatment room right. is important. And our no menu one. of services, we constantly are changing it um, annually, I should say. And, uh-huh. and by going to trade 
shows, Dory, I just got back from I Spy out in Las Vegas and staying abreast of the trends and what's happening in our industry and offering our guests the items that they are reading about in New Beauty magazine. And if our clients are reading about it and we're not informed about it, then we're not the day spa or wellness facility that we claim we are. So I think it's critical that we're staying on top and ahead of uh, what's happening in the industry so we're ready and prepared for our guests. So when you ask me about our menu, our menu does evolve um, based on what's happening in the industry but also based on what's you know popular with our guests, what are services that they're not interested in. And I also look at are they really not interested in it or are we not selling it? So, you know, I think going, staying abreast and reading the magazines and will, will keep us fresh and on top of what's happening in the industry. You know what I also love, I don't know if you've done it in a while, is doing surveys and surveying your database oh, yes. and asking them about what they do, what, do, what would they like to have, what aren't you offering that they would like, and doing maybe focus groups and you know, staying in touch Absolutely. with exactly who your clients are and making sure that you're delivering what they really want. And the other thing yeah. I really love about you is the, you know, the fact that you do focus on retail and that you do have a nice merchandising opportunity for people to buy different kinds of products and not just skincare, but it's mm-hmm. like a, you've set it up like a boutique where they can come and have a great shopping experience. So all these little details that you pay attention to makes a big difference. That's really what retention is all about. I think if you're delivering a great guest experience and you're taking care of them and you're wowing them with little touch points here and there, then they're going to come back over and over because, like Denise is saying, you guys, it's not about price. It's not who's the cheapest. It's how you treat me when I come to you. So I hope that you're getting that message loud and clear from what she's saying. I think something else um, is is important, too, to know why you have your business. Why? What is your spa story? Um, You know, why are you there? What what type of a spa are you trying to be? I think that that's a really important question to dig deep and answer because, for example, we're a green spa, so I try to hold true to that with everything that we do, the offerings that we sell, the products that we you know, retail, um, try to stay true to our story, and then people will, will turn to you for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's helped us with who we are and our growth as well. That's great. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of questions coming in, and we're almost, I can't believe this hour just flew by. We have five minutes. So I have one question here for you, Denise. says, hi, Denise. I have a busy spa, and I'm considering switching to a call center. What recommendations do you have for switching? So what should she do, like, maybe for a second? What what would be the The people answering the phone have to know your menu inside and out. Um, so I would make sure that they're really well versed, and you know may, that may even be somebody who works for you now in, in your guest services or front desk that trans, you know that you know moves over into that department, transitions over. Um, but they need to be the information center. So I would, it's critical that they understand the the who your business is. They they know that uh, infomercial about your spa. Because they can make or break whether someone comes to your spa or not. So I think that would be a critical thing to pay attention to. And hang out in your call center. Listen to them communicate with the guest on the phone. I do that on a regular basis. And if you don't like the way something is being worded, you can give them an example of how to say it better when they get off the phone. So you're going to do a lot of training and coaching with them. Um, because, the, like I said, they're representing, you know, the business. Mm-hmm. It's like and then when we call. Calls. It's like when we call from the Leap Ahead seminar when we call different spas. <laughs> Remember yes. that exercise we did? Yes, it's I amazing do. Amazing what comes out of people's mouths mouth sometimes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
crazy. And, you know, that is one of the questions that we do ask our guests after their first visit when we send them a survey. We ask them, how was your reservation experience? Mm -hmm. So we do monitor how they do it. And I have to be honest, we also record some of our calls so that we can go back and coach our team and say, this is how you sounded on the phone. This is why this was incorrect or correct. And so they have examples. Yeah, great. So I have uh, one other question here from Alan saying, Hi, Denise. How hard was it to make the changes Dory recommended? <laughs> she has great ideas and strategies, but frankly, they scare me. How did you get the courage to do them? <laughs> That's funny. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not quite sure which systems you would be referring to, so I'd be curious about that. But I will tell you this. My lead team was incredibly open to this whole process because nobody teaches us how to be leaders. I learned how to be a leader, yes, from Dory's help, but also because I made every mistake in the book at least twice. So <laughs> I learned from my mistakes. But had I read those uh, modules 20 years ago, I would have been probably further ahead of where, than where I am today. So my team was incredibly receptive to learning how to be a leader. So it was not difficult at all. And to implement the goal system with the VPGs and the service goals and the retail goals, it wasn't scary at all because people had a way of controlling their earning power, and it didn't have to be me making that decision. Mm -hmm. So now they had control over making more money. We're just giving them the opportunity and then teaching them how to do it. So we're showing them a way. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And we just coach them along and get them there. And when people feel that you're doing things for their best interest, you're going to have loyal employees. I can honestly say I had on more than one occasion employees who have left because they've moved out of state. I had a, This happened just last week. A girl moved back to the – she followed her boyfriend out of state. They broke up. She came back. She wanted her job back. And she came into my office the other day and said, I'm so happy that you took us back. She gave me a hug, and she said, there's not many people who are running their spas this way. And I was trying to teach my the spa owner that I was working for in Texas she moved to, and they were they wanted me to, you know, help them with all this um, because people don't know how to do it. And it's really not that simple. It just takes a little bit of time investing and reading and learning, and then you're all going to grow together. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I have one more here from Amanda. She's saying, I have been considering, oh, that's a funny question. I have been considering joining the Coach Me Platinum with Dory. How do you like the group, and is it really benefiting you? Do you recommend it? Hmm. <laughs> it is a great group of people, and um, I'm going down this weekend. We're going to be doing a book writing event which I'm excited about. Um, so yes, I do enjoy it very much and um, I think we all could use mentors, no matter how successful we are, um, that help us to continue to grow and, and keep us on track. So for me it's like a mentoring group and um, it just keeps me moving forward. So yes, absolutely. And I think what's nice about it is all the people that are in this group, you have to apply, actually, Amanda. So you have to go to our website and apply to be accepted. And the level, I think, of professionalism and quality of people in this group, I think, is so good because it's not just learning from me. It's learning from each other. I think that's a big part of, really, the Coach Me Platinum group. I mean, we have so much talent and so much experience in mm -hmm. that group. It's amazing. It's mind-blowing, actually. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of talented people. Yeah. So. Well, all right. Well, we are right at the hour, and I just want to let everybody know that the next interview is going to be with Anita Lampkin. She's from Universal Companies, and they just launched an educational training center on the west coast of uh, United States and California, and she's going to join me. We're going to talk a little bit about training and where you can go for training and how you can benefit overall. Kind of it's going to echo what Denise was already talking about with training and how important it is to success. 
But then the month after, I'm inviting the president of Medispa, AM Spa, it's a medical spa association, AM Spa, Alex Rich, he's going to be joining me, and we're going to be talking about all the new laws that are affecting day spas and medispas within the United States. You definitely want to be on that call. So that's going to be the following month. Uh, not, so we're, we're in, we're in um, this is September. So October is going to be Anita, and November is going to be Alex, the president of AM Spa. You'll like that um, interview, actually, Denise, so make sure you join us, because I know you, sure also have a Medi you also have a Medispa component within your facility that we did not get to talk about <laughs> either. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I am so excited that you joined me, Denise. Uh, thank you so much. I'm sure everybody really benefited from this. You shared a lot of great ideas and what helped you grow and be the big success that you are. So thank you, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank oh. you so much for having me. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. All right, and everyone. I'll see you this well, weekend. <laughs> that's right. We're going to write okay. a book. <laughs> all right. I'm looking forward so, to it. <laughs> all right, Denise, see you on Sunday. Bye, everyone. Until then. next Bye -bye. time. Stay inspired. Bye now.